G'day and welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School Graduate Studies and CFRC. So as I say every week, thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either SoundCloud or iTunes. As well now, CFRC has their own podcasting session and we are very lucky to be on on that as well. So there's lots of ways to be able to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today I would like to introduce you to Lauren Welty who is doing a PhD in mechanical and material engineering under the supervision of Dr. Michael Rainbow. Welcome to Grad Chat. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay now I was hoping to actually to have Lauren on a few weeks ago but I totally got it wrong <laughs> <laughs> and forgot to tell her to turn up so that, that wasn't very good for me but there we go these things happen. Yeah. It's, it's really good that we're able to do this though so I do appreciate you coming at the time that I actually told you to come. <laughs> it's much easier to show up then. It is, isn't it? It is. And I didn't, didn't want you to get you worried. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you're still able to come. Now, you, the reason I wanted to bring Lauren on to the show is that I saw a, a fantastic article in the Queen's Gazette and it was called A Step in the Right Direction. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Back Actually, it was back in October, but I thought it was fascinating. And so which is why I wanted to bring Lauren back on to, to talk to us about it. So you researched topic is the fundamental research in how the human foot functions during walking and running and as we all know being able to walk is is really really important to us so we yeah. need to make sure that not only we look after our feet but if there's any if there's a better more efficient way of walking and all those sorts of things could come into play but I always remember my dad saying if you do nothing else Colette you've got to have a good pair of shoes because you've got to be able to walk on your feet for a very very long time they've got to hold you up and everything so first Firstly, then, why did you actually want to study how the human foot functions during walking and running? What got you into that? What, what, what made you go in that direction? So the first thing is that I started doing undergraduate research at the university, and I was working with a knee brace with Dr. or Dr. Kevin Delizio, or right. Dean Delizio now. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the process of research, but I found that braces weren't quite as exciting, and knees I wasn't super into it, but I still liked biomechanics. Right. And my friend had told me that biomechanics was ex- an existent thing. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then I started working with Dr. Michael Rainbow and he was interested in all the small joints of the body. So like the wrists, the feet and the patella, (laughs) your kneecap. So he started me on a project related to feet because I was really interested in running. And it kind of just went from there. I started doing, he convinced convinced me basically to do a master's and then switch into a PhD because I just loved the project so much. And yeah, so you need a bit more time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the feet are really complex and there are, because there's 26 bones, tons mm-hmm. of ligaments and muscles, and I like a complex problem. <laughs> well, that's good. So what made you go the engineering route? Because when you talk biomechanics, you could easily have done that in kinesiology and health studies. Yeah. So I debated a lot. I come from a family of engineers and teachers. Okay. And so I think the the reason I wanted to be an engineer is because I wanted to help people. I wanted to right. make a difference. I wanted to do something that would actually significantly impact people's lives. And I felt that having the toolbox of an engineer, I could do that in so many different ways whether it was in kinesiology if I found that that was still like my passion I could kind of pick that 
up as I went along and then or like pick and choose the things of kinesiology mm-hmm. that I was interested in and just wanted to be able to help people oh that's good <laughs> yeah because I, I often I hear that the uh, you know the engineers particularly mechanical and material engineering do a lot of work with say the physiotherapists and the kinesiologists mm-hmm. and things because there is a lot of crossover and there's a lot yeah. of work uh, collaborative work that you need to do to understand all sides yeah absolutely we have my lab in particular has connections with KGH the, with the surgeons there right our lab is in Hotel Dieu we are collaborating with the School of Human Movement and Nutrition Sciences in mm. Brisbane Australia so there's lots of collaboration and so I bring the engineering toolbox and the really like technical nitty-gritty skills <laughs> and then they're like oh but how does this actually work when you physically do it in a human body and right. what and brings those really what do you, more what, human what sides. parts are you potentially missing from yeah. not understanding the other parts of it exactly parts of the puzzle so can you then explain what is your research yes because <laughs> uh-huh, this is what we're here for because <laughs> um, I tell you what it is fascinating it really is fascinating <laughs> and I've got a few little underlines on the article and all sorts of things <laughs> wonderful uh, so this work in particular basically my research is focused on the fundamentals of the human foot and so I kind of think about biomechanical engineering as having two different fields so one is making braces and shoes and things mm-hmm. like that and the real application of biomechanics and then the second the second part is understanding how things work right. and you'd think that we know how the foot works or how the body works and a lot of it we don't really it's kind of stuff that we've taken from like cadaveric studies and very static movements and said okay this is something that happens when we stand and so therefore it happens when we run or when we walk and things right. like that and so one of those things is the windless mechanism which was first described in 1954 and it said that basically when you lift your toes up it causes your arch to change shape and basically stiffens your foot in preparation for push-off so if you think about when you're about to step onto your other foot when you're walking your toes are quite extended right yeah and so that motion is said to put your arch in a certain shape so that your foot is stiffer for push-off and so this is something that's been described in kinesiology text podiatry text and is basically said to be a very it's a thing so the word windless mechanism is just named after the person who found it or is it it's actually a sailing term oh okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i'm not i've actually struggled to figure out what a windless is because i'm not a sailor myself i get seasick (laughs) but apparently it's there wouldn't be a lot of walking on the water though (laughs) no so it's basically like it's kind of a winching mechanism so the plantar fascia is the tissue that's affected and so it wraps around the ball of your foot and then connects to your toes so when you move your toes up it slides around the ball of your the ball of your foot and it causes that to just slide backwards so it's that sliding of your metatarsal heads basically that okay cause it to slide back and so apparently there's a similar mechanism on a sailing boat (laughs) someone was a sailor doing it in the the 1950s (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so why is it important though to understand this are you what are you trying to do to find out um, better efficiencies to find out better ways of i don't know looking at from someone who's just running to someone walking someone playing a sport where the foot changes the position of the foot changes Mm -hmm. depending if you know you're pushing off to the side or anything yeah so what are you actually trying to accomplish Um, here so i would say that the thing that i'm most trying to accomplish is to understand how the foot works because once we understand how the foot works so this windless mechanism kind of competes with this idea that your foot is a spring and so if your foot is a spring it basically reduces the amount that it requires your muscles to work and so because it can spring out and spring back and so your muscles don't need to do the same amount of work right and so it might make metabolic savings if you have a spring on the end of your leg yeah which would be therefore good for more efficient walking i think that they want to understand how it works understand the healthy foot understand what the best what the most efficient way for the foot to function is and then ultimately have that inform surgical procedures running shoe design and just because we don't necessarily know how the healthy foot functions and we haven't gotten the most dynamic information yet right we can't really 
say that those things actually apply okay. necessarily to this dynamic motion. So I'm trying to understand how these things interact and which theories are applicable when. So it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily looking at something that's an injury. It's, yeah. it's just the foot in general. Yeah. So how can we make that foot better? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And for instance, like if you have a running shoe and you, you have a slightly higher toe mm-hmm. angle or something or your foot doesn't fit as well in it, you might be engaging the windlass mechanism more than if you weren't. Right. You had a flatter shoe. And so what this, I wanted to this do... This could give you a little edge, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we didn't we didn't know and we thought that with this research, we thought that we would see how engaging that windlass mechanism affects the ability of your foot to function as a spring. Right. Because nobody has really looked into that and everyone says that the plantar fascia, it stretches when you land. So if you land, your foot kind of spreads out right. and your plantar fascia stretches. But in order for this windlass mechanism to be possible, it has to be a rigid cable because otherwise the, the arch doesn't change shape because it's right. kind of like pulling a rock with an elastic band. Right, right. So I wanted to see how those would affect each other. You got your work cut out for you. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where did this research take place? And and I guess with that, what was your data set? So the research took place in at the University of Queensland in Australia. I suppose <laughs> you had to go and do a field trip there, did you? Yes, I was there for oh. four and a half months. Well, that was a shame. That <laughs> uh, yeah. must have been really hard for you. It was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I hope it was the right time of the year. <laughs> it was winter, so it was great. Oh, okay, so it's not too hot. Yeah, I, I think I would nice. melt. <laughs> That was very lucky for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we took the, or I went there in the first year of my master's. I think this is actually my advisor's ploy to get me to do a PhD. (laughs) I give you an incentive. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And so I went and enjoyed it and I was like, okay, maybe I do want to do a PhD. Yeah. yeah, Because you'll remind you, don't forget, you got to go to Australia. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really great. And I worked with two researchers there. So two, the two who are on the paper that we published. Right. And so I did the collection there and they have this machine that they affectionately call the foot crusher. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Only a Queenslander could say that. (laughs) Yeah. So I get a lot of weird looks when I tell people here about... Working with the foot crusher? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, you put people in the foot crusher? I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, I tested and make sure... it was safe and everything so yeah so so they've been doing all the data though so, but I'm, I'm assuming then with your professor your supervisor they they've been working on their collaboration for a while or they he just knew that they were doing something that we could tap into as well so i think that they met probably a year or two or a few mm-hmm. years like before this happened but they hadn't actually collaborated on anything yet right so this was actually the first collaboration between our universities, which was kind of exciting. Yes. And they basically are an awesome group. They are super passionate about understanding how the foot works and they are more interested in the intrinsic foot muscles because you have a bunch of little muscles in your foot. Right. So they focus more on that and we focus more on the passive elements. So like ligaments and things that don't have any activation. Right. So it kind of fits really nicely together because they can do the, the active part and we can do the passive part and then everyone can so what what are you actually doing in the foot crusher <laughs> so we are we are literally squishing your foot yeah, so that's not nice it's, it's basically this contraption that has a, a block of wood that goes on your knee and you're sitting in sitting on a chair right and so your knees bent at a 90 degree angle and you we apply a force at the knee and then your foot is on two blocks and so the back block is able to slide and the front block is stationary and then when your foot or we apply a force to your 
your knee and your foot is quote unquote crushed right. <laughs> um, or lightly spread, <laughs> lightly compressed. The heel goes backwards and this causes the change in the arch. And then right. while we do that, we have we used optical motion capture, which is basically if you've seen any of the video games with the little reflective dots on, oh, yeah. yep. it's like that. And so we put those on specific bony landmark on the foot and the knee and a shank. And we can see, we can measure how those bones are moving during. So that. measure how they're moving and what pressures and things are going through. Yeah. So is it looking at the, the whole picture? So yeah. yeah, so we put a force plate underneath it and it's basically a really fancy bathroom scale. So instead of me- measuring just how heavy you are, it measures at a really high sampling rate and it measures multiple degrees of freedom. So it would measure how much force you would apply in the direction you're walking or the direction to, or to the side okay. or things like that. And then gives us more information about how the foot how does the How does the knee behave with all that pressure going down the knee? I mean, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's a little padded. Oh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Put a bit of padding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So who are your subjects with this? Because, I mean, I, th- I would imagine, and, and correct me wherever I'm wrong here, but I would imagine a lot of things would come into play, whether it's a child who's who's still growing, whether oh, it's yes. a, an adolescent, whether it's an adult or young adult, middle age and older, mm-hmm. whether someone was an athlete or sedentary. I mean, did all those sorts of things come into play? and Or did you pick one sort of data set that you could use, one sort of grouping? I honestly chose people who were willing to be put in it. <laughs> it, it tended to be a population of mostly graduate students. Right. I also did my supervisors who were there. <laughs> well, they should. Yeah. They nicknamed so it. They should be in there. They add a little bit more, a little a greater range to the, right. the subject pool. It's mostly, mostly active people. It was more skewed towards males and females just based on who was willing. Th- yeah, there and available. And I only looked at people who were considered, I guess, healthy in okay. the lower limbs so they had no injuries or... So they didn't have arthritis or anything exactly. like that. So, so it was, it was that you we, knew of. Yeah. Or yeah. hopefully they would have told me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that I knew of and that we just wanted to see like a healthy population because we want to understand the healthy foot function. Did you have to do an x-ray of the foot before or not? No. So we didn't do an x-ray. So we just did because I can palpate and feel the bones in the foot. I can okay. do that. Whether they're move, moving freely or not. Yeah. Well, and like for their have, function. Yeah. I just wanted to see where like different landmarks are. So like right. one of your bones, for instance, like your navicular, it has a really strong ridge on the side of it. Yep. And so I can feel that and put a marker there and be like, okay, I know this part of the bone is moving there. Okay. But a lot of the research that I'm actually working on now is x-ray based. Okay. And so okay. we're doing the study I'm working on is basically dynamic x-ray video. And so I have, there's two x-ray sources that basically get that image converted into, uh, that visible light is converted into an image at high speed. And then I can recreate the exact bone positions for running, walking, because okay. it captures at a really high frame right. rate. So I can be like 250 frames per second. So I know you're doing the foot crusher, which to be honest, even though the, the blocks at the bottom, one's moving, mm-hmm. but that, is that more for walking? What, what about running? So we did, so for the foot crusher, the thing about the this specific experiment is that we looked just to see how the windlass mechanism perturbed how your foot returned energy. Okay. So okay. it wasn't direct, like it's not directly applicable yet to walking and running. Okay. And so basically what it showed us is that the windlass mechanism actually makes your foot less stiff and it was more compliant right. because it's putting it into a different position. So if you think about having a, like a triangle that's really pointy yeah. and you push on the top, it's easier to make it go really far right. versus if it's shorter and flatter, you have to put more force 
force into it. And so that's what the windlass mechanism ended up doing in this specific case, but it wasn't necessarily like directly applicable to walking and running. And so the research I'm doing now is looking at like using running trials and looking at how the arch returns energy and how it how the toe angle influences that. So how the windlass and the ener- arch energy. Okay, let's hold it there. Let's take a quick break. Yeah. And then we'll get right back on to finding out a little bit more about that part. <laughs> Sounds okay, good. Okay, is that good? Yeah. Excellent. So we won't be long there, everyone. We'll be right back. everyone you are listening to grad chat on cfrc 101.9 fm and i am currently chatting to lauren welty who is doing a phd in mechanical and material engineering under the supervision of dr michael rainbow now before the break we were talking about the fundamental research and how the human foot functions during walking and running and we got a blow by blow detail (laughs) about the foot crusher (laughs) now if you want to know what the foot crusher is you can have to listen to the first part of of the show and of course you can do that when you download the podcast the next day (laughs) so that's a little bit of a teaser for you all but what I'd like to do now is so you've got all the Lauren you've got all the data you got from the University of Brisbane Mm -hmm. which was great great side trip come back with all that so that was a bit more static what you're doing but your next part now and that was looking at the the camera sensors and things that you had on it now of course you're back in Canada and looking more of what what did you call the x-rays you were using so it's the full name is biplanar video radiography okay that's (laughs) probably why I couldn't remember it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically dynamic x-ray video. Dynamic x-ray video. That's a lot easier for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you're doing that now so you can look more about the actual, the running or the walking and the actual motion mm-hmm. of what we're looking at now. So can you explain a little bit more about that in how that's related now with your research moving forward? Because you are doing your PhD. Yep. And so you've had your nice start. Yep. You got your trip. <laughs> now it's down to business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have an awesome lab that's just opened up at Hotel Dieu. Okay. And so that's the gluteal observation lab or the soul and so there they, there's a setup of two x-ray sources and they basically shoot x-ray beams at a high frequency and then that's converted into two images and once we have those two images I can take these bone models that we create from a CT and then I line them up to those two images and it wow. tells me where all of those bones are in three-dimensional space. Oh, that's neat. And so I can basically visualize what your heel bone is doing at the exact moment that you hit the ground when you're running. I can see what your toes are doing. I can see what all of those different bones are actually doing because a lot of the research that's been done on feet is basically assuming that the to- like there's different parts of the foot that are rigidly contained. Right, yes. And so they're not necessarily rigidly contained, And but that's just that's the best that we could do and it still right. answered a ton of questions. And beyond put- putting bone pins in to try and measure the motion of each of the individual bones... <laughs> <laughs> which I would not want to do. <laughs> well, you could ask a Queenslander to name that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one allows us to do non-invasive, like actually measuring the motion of the bones during walking and running. And so what I'm doing now is I'm using a data set from Brown University, which is where my advisor was originally oh, okay. uh, right. placed. And that's where he kind of learned how to use this whole x-ray system before he decided to come here and build his own lab. Nice, nice. And so I'm using a data set from there where th- they ran barefoot and so I'm looking to see, I'm measuring their toe angles and how much their arch is deforming and how much, and doing some fiber modeling to measure 
the plantar fascia as well and then seeing how all of those variables interplay and that'll help us understand how you're like whether the windlass mechanism is actually happening during running well that's interesting actually because i mean if you look at people's feet everyone's got different feet Mm -hmm. like some people have a high arch some people don't have a high i'm more or less (laughs) flat-footed so hence i'm not a ballerina but i mean how do you take that into consideration with your research when everyone's foot is so different yeah so that's so many variables (laughs) that's the really kind of exciting part about it is that when we find something that fits this whole like we have 10 or 20 subjects or whatever it is and they all act the same way and they all have completely different feet that's really interesting to me right there's lots of different metrics out there um, that measure the stiffness of your arch arch height and that's a really common practice in like the more podiatry yes industry but there's not necessarily any correlations between the shape of your foot and function function yeah and so we're doing a study in january on how the orthotic stiffness affects how your bones move and how your plantar fascia strains and things like that. And so we'll be doing some of those measurements just with basically a CT scan. So we'll do it when you're sitting and then when you're standing. So you'll see how much your arch changes and see whether those stiffness, like that change and that kind of pseudo stiffness measure of your foot, whether that actually correlates to how your foot functions dynamically. But my guess is it doesn't. (laughs) She's already got a guess. (laughs) She's got her theory. Science (laughs) hypothesis. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So what are you wanting to achieve then from this? Because I mean, it could go in all sorts of directions. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you want to be able to show people after all your research that you've done? After all this research? Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've got a lot to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I'd like to be able to say what the plantar fascia's contribution is to human motion. That's kind of the structure. Like I play with other structures around it and have mm-hmm. done some other things, but the plantar fascia is that's what I want to clarify for people. And right. so I'll be looking at how much it basically stretches and all of that and then I'm also using this technology I'm using an ultrasound technology called shear wave elastography which is another mouthful it is another mouthful um, <laughs> but basically what it is is like if you think of an elastic if you stretch an elastic band and you tap it yep. there's it kind of wobbles all the way along so there's a wave that propagates along it okay yep and so well, you can do that with ultrasound so you basically put a high energy wave into the tissue and then it propagates along the tissue and oh, then I okay. measure that speed using what right. you think of as normal ultrasound or that black and white image so and, is, it, is it an electrical pulse no a sound wave a sound wave sorry yeah sound wave okay yeah and so i'll do that and that will tell me that it's proportional to the stiffness of the tissue and so i can measure the stiffness and how much it's straining and then measure the amount of energy in the plantar fascia which hasn't been done before (laughs) so once you've got that though then what if you can prove the function of the plantar fascia what are you hoping people like physios or surgeons or medical people Mm -hmm. how can they use that information so then i want to move into studies where i'm looking at those pathological populations so people with plantar fasciitis which is the inflammation of the plantar fascia how do their feet function differently and can we start to tease out with these measurement techniques can we tease out what is causing their plantar fasciitis because plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. is something that affects broad like a crazy range of people so like right. you can be young you can be old you can be active you can be sedentary you can be male you can be female you can be anything in between that and so i want to be able to study those populations and ultimately help those people feel better so studying those populations are you then hoping that down the track you know you talked about a podiatrist and things sometimes people get orthotics made mm-hmm. are you thinking even though you don't, i know you didn't want to do knee braces but are you thinking down the track if these people have got different issues that something as simple or potentially simple as some form of orthotic or a special shoe mm-hmm. can help them be more 
functional. Yeah. So we're actually doing a study in January on that. And we're working with Align Orthotics in Kingston. Okay. And a great guy named Mac there. So he's, we've partnered with him and he's making these orthotics to basically limit the, how they would treat plantar fasciitis. And we're going to see how a healthy population reacts to them and then eventually test a Um, pathological population. Right. Because nobody, they work for some people and they don't work for other people. And we want to really understand, but we don't really understand what's happening when you put an orthotic in the shoe. And so now we can x-ray, which is also pretty low dose. It's not like a high dose of (laughs) x-ray. just want to put that out there. There's um, a lot of people that are beaming. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty It's pretty low dose. It's like we try to do less because you get background radiation when you're like just walking outside. Right, yes. So it's about 40 days of background radiation. Okay. So it's not a huge amount of radiation that we're putting through people. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was in a small print, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to put that out there. But yeah, so we're working with Mac and he's, he's a great guy and he's going to design the orthotics. And then we're going to test and see what's actually physically happening in the foot so that we can kind of try and start to understand what the impact of putting an orthotic in your shoe is and i'm going to go back again so talking about athletes mm-hmm. if you're saying about this function is like a spring mm-hmm. would it be down the track where you're not just helping potentially helping people who have got issues with their mm-hmm. walking but have that slight performance enhancing oh, age absolutely which which i'm sure then all the, the various shoe companies will come into play mm-hmm. to get that winning edge of a good sprinter get an extra second or something if possible yeah so I absolutely mean, so there's a lot of applications then potential applications for the work that you're doing yeah exactly that's the really exciting part about it <laughs> it can go in any direction and hopefully at any point or most points will help people so I guess you have to be careful with the intellectual property of this, yes? Not really. I'm not, not really willing. designing not anything designing, right, at but, the moment. Okay. And like if, if the research gets put out in publications, then that's kind of right. how it gets preserved, I guess. Right, right. And so how many publications have you done so far? Uh, so that was my first. That was your first? Yeah. So I'm in the Which process. was a good one to have in your yeah. first one. I mean, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite it was a crazy experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my first. I'm working on one right now, which is the okay. running uh, x-ray one. So it hasn't been written yet. So it's just getting through the results something, and understanding. Something to do over Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have a break sometime. So. Yes. All right, now I'm going to go a little bit off on a tangent. Now I understand. Okay, so all these things are good for mm-hmm. feet. All right, I understand in your extracurriculars you like playing soccer, you like doing rock climbing. Yeah. Oh, and you currently wanting to hike all 46 high peaks in Adirondacks <laughs> yes. before you graduate. How are you coming <laughs> along with that? Good. I think I'm at 27 or well, 28. Yeah, yeah. And I still have two years, so I should be able to do it. Got, so to, keep, got to keep healthy feet. Yeah, exactly. I got to have good shoes and take good care of my feet. And <laughs> <laughs> probably they don't appreciate walking 27 kilometers in a day, but that's fine. <laughs> but you can, you're going to come up with something that's going to help you with that or get a shoe company to help you to do <laughs> Yeah, for sure. To do that for that long distance stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's got, I mean, that's got to play a part in it too, doesn't it? And even with your research, is, and it comes down to your different age groups that you've got. Mm-hmm. How much wear and tear do we have on our feet yeah, as, we're, as we're going through from someone who's sedentary in the whole life to someone who's very active? Yeah, I'm also really intrigued to find, like, because there's people who are sedentary for certain a certain amount of their life and then they become active and how those people differ from people who are active their whole lives right? or were incredibly active as high school athletes and university athletes and then do nothing after do nothing. that. And I'm, I'd be so curious to see, like, how their mechanics change yeah. between those different groups. Because you think <clears throat> someone who's really 
active would be fine, but there's more wear and tear on an active person. Mm -hmm. But then someone who's sedentary aren't using the muscles and the ligaments. And, yeah, and, and the they're not adapted. Way, to... And they're not adapting accordingly. So you've got, I think you've got more than a PhD in this kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> she's, looking, she's looking scared, everybody. Yeah. Looking very scared. Yeah, no, my, my advisor is, <laughs> he's, he's definitely on the same track and it's an ambitious project, but I'm super excited about it. So, That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you were able to come and talk to us about it because as I said before, um, looking after our feet is really very important for all of us mm -hmm. uh, that those of us are able to to walk and things so uh, thank you for doing that and I'm sure there's going to be lots coming out of the research you're doing whether it's for the medical profession or whether it's for shoe companies all those sorts of people so there's, there's lots going out there so thank you very much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me and, and like I said I apologize again for earlier giving you <laughs> not telling you when to turn up so <laughs> all good it all happens but this is how things work here so yeah that was great so i appreciate it very much and good luck with it all i'm sure uh, the rest of your publications are going to be just as exciting for people <laughs> i hope so thank you very much i think it will so that's it everyone another week of grad chat sadly comes to an end don't forget you can download the show tomorrow from either itunes soundcloud or via cfrc just type in grad chat until next week this is cj the dj signing off with a big hooray This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.